track My best friend's in a gun rack I'm a low life I owe everybody money I think racist jokes are funny I'm a low life I got a dirty mind A gutter mouth I'm making time I'm going out with your wife Cause I'm a low What's up, motherfuckers? Welcome to a, another episode of the three-year motherfucking strong low-life chopper podcast. Yes, sir. Welcome to your motherfucking three years of your Fridays right here. This is a big episode. This is the, the this is releasing on the three-year anniversary of when we dropped. This is where we're at. Our very first motherfucking episode. What a crazy huh? So crazy. It literally feels like we just started. Yeah, it it's so insane to like think, and I don't want to get too deep into it because we haven't done any of the sponsors yet, but it's just so crazy to think all the way back to that camping trip we went on with my family and your family, and I'm like, we need to make this happen. Yeah, we'll, like, we'll definitely tell that story again. Yeah. Like people haven't heard that story in a while. And some people, yeah. depending on when they jumped into the show or if they were fucking dicking around at the two minutes where we told the story, might not even know the origin of how it got started. So Yeah, let's run it. Now we'll jump into a section we didn't have when we first started, those motherfucking sponsors. <laughs> yes. First up, we've got... So basically, I know a lot of people skip over the sponsors here, but let me tell you this. These people are people who saw what we were doing with the show, and they wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to support it, and they're a big part of the reason why you're even hearing three years of Low Life Chopper podcast. So don't... And don't the the coolest part to me about the sponsor section is, and I know, like, listen, I get it. When I listen to Joe Rogan, I skip the first 10 minutes because that dude can fucking talk about the weirdest shit. Traeger Grills. Um, yeah. Traeger Grills. Ooh, I have this new insect repellent. I'm like, oh my God, dude, shut up. <laughs> Just go but, listen, vanilla or whatever. Right. And listen, we have struggled to, not struggled, we've prided ourselves on only accepting sponsors that have to do with what we fucking do. You know yeah. what I mean? You're not going to see um, a sponsorship for a fucking mobile app game. Right. For some bullshit. So, yeah. the, the coolest thing to me, though, is like the wide range of sponsors. I know, listen, I know we're trying to get into the show, but I just want to throw this out there. Um, <laughs> the wide range of sponsors to be like, you have the biggest of the biggest, like, Lowbrow and Biltwell and Chapel. So for like a huge company like that to recognize and like dig what we're doing, super fucking rad. And be willing to and be willing to like pay money for an ad section, which is dope because then we get to do cool shit for you guys, is is just so fucking rad that those kind of companies like are really feeling what we're doing. And then on the other end of the guys that are just starting out companies, the guys that are still working out of their house for them to be fresh into the game. And I know how this is, believe me, fresh starting a business and everything costs so much goddamn fucking money. And for those guys to be able to squeeze out what they end up donating to have a spot on the show is like, 
it's fucking amazing because those guys are already struggling because they're fucking brand new to this or they're a small company. And for them to give like even a little bit is like, it's huge that even those guys respect and like want to be a part of what we're doing. It really is. So that's a perfect lead up. We won't keep you guys waiting any further here. Let's name some of these people. First up, we already dropped their name, Chop Cult, the hub. If you haven't gone to chopcult.com and made an account, make a build thread, scroll through that Rolodex, check out that blog. They got all the shit going on over there. Lisa is a supporter of everything that goes on in this community. We're stoked to have them as a sponsor. Seriously, go over there and make an account. It is going to pay off in the future. I didn't even mention the classifieds. They got their own classified section for you to buy and sell parts with people from across the world. So check out chopcult.com and let Lisa know that you heard about it on the Low Life Chopper podcast. Next up, we got Chicken Fried Choppers. You guys know Chicken Rick has been rocking with the show for the longest time. Since the very beginning, when he first said he was going to paint that bike seafoam, <laughs> he has been all about it. And he is hand curating parts from builders across the world, handpicked by him to stock in his store. All the best stuff at chicken, or excuse me, at chopshit.com or on Instagram at chicken fried choppers. You about to say chickenshit.com? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's <laughs> going to come up on that website. Give it a shot. Yeah. But yeah, um, he's the chopper plug. Make sure you hit him up. Make and sure that, you check out those brandy new motherfucking uh, Low Life Chopper podcast stickers. Those shits are dope. That's right. The Low Life Plate sticker. I need to get me one of those, actually. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Low Brow Customs. Everything you need for the road ahead since 2004. These guys literally have every part you could possibly need. You could almost literally build an entire bike off of lowbrow.com. Check them out also on Instagram at Lowbrow Customs and on YouTube at Lowbrow Customs. Next up, we got Paco, 52 years in the game, slinging the top transmission components, as well as some other stuff like frames and front ends and exhaust and handlebars and headlights and a whole bunch more. Check them out over at Paco.com or Paco Parts on Instagram. Next up, we got Keebler Customs and Horseshoe Customs, LLC, out there in Denver, Colorado, doing some incredible fabrication work, both commercial and automotive, as well as CNC plasma cutting and 3D printing. These guys get into everything, and together they form Broadway Customs. So, excuse me, make sure you're following Keebler Customs, Horseshoe Customs, LLC, and Broadway Customs, on Instagram. God, so many. Can we reach out to them and see if we can just say Broadway? <laughs> yeah, we got to get a new ad read for that. I think uh, the three-year mark is the time to, to yeah. read ad reads. God. Up next, we got the homie Wes at Custom Destruction making the dopest motherfucking helmets in the game. Um, make sure you go over to Custom Destruction. Um, check out the lids. You get to pick the shell color, the interior color, and the motherfucking trim package, all for the same price as a stock fucking helmet. Um, while you're there, make sure you say congratulations to Wes and his old lady. They had their baby. Um, so you should definitely go buy a helmet now. 
Anyways, get over to Custom Destruction and get the only helmet that makes the ugliest motherfuckers look sexy. Are we at the giveaway part now? We are at the giveaway part. All right. This month's giveaway sponsor is Cheap Thrills, New Jersey. Um, Dates for that are Friday, September 24th through uh, Sunday, September 26th, Friday night. Oh, did I lose you? You still here? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. What the fuck? You couldn't hear me say all that shit? No, you, uh, you were just getting into the dates and then it kind of dropped out. Try uh, Say that one more time. Huh, that's weird. Um, all right. So from Friday, September 24th to Sunday, September 26th is Cheap Thrills, uh, New Jersey at Seaside Heights. Um, Friday night is the Creeper Double Feature. Uh, it'll be a van and truck show. Saturday is Swap Meets, Food Trucks, Vendors. Um, I think there's a, the Sportster Show is Saturday morning. Um and then Saturday night is the Chopper Pool Party at the Hershey Motel, which is going to be fucking dope. Um, either way, make sure you get down there. And this month's giveaway is going to be a weekend pass for Cheap Thrills. Um, Dusty and the guys at Cheap Thrills put it all together. So they cover the room for the entire weekend at the Hershey Motel, which is sold out and has been sold out. Um, so you'll, your room will be overlooking the pool, the chopper party and the band that's playing. Um, it's literally the perfect spot to be. Um, so you get that for the entire weekend, you get your, um, pass for cheap thrills for the entire weekend. They're going to throw in a swag bag with shirts, koozies, all that bullshit. Um, so pretty much the free weekend at probably the biggest chopper show on the East coast. Um, these guys have. Let me see here. Live music. Hold on. I want to not get away from the fucking mic again. Um, just from what I can see, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen bands, just from what I can see on this one flyer that I'm looking at. Um, that in itself is worth it. <laughs> Going to see 15 bands at the same fucking place, surrounded by a bunch of dope choppers. Um, so make sure you get there. Go follow Cheap Thrills, New Jersey. And uh, get hip to the motherfucking program. Now, if you want a chance to win that prize package, the way you do it is you go to patreon.com slash lowlifechopperpodcast. Click on giveaway level supporter. Under name, you will enter your Instagram name. And when we do the drawing, we will confirm that you're following Cheap Thrills NJ on Instagram. And if you are, that is all you got to motherfucking do. That's it. Perfect. I think we made it. We made it through the sponsors. Third year making it through the sponsors. Gotta love it. Fucking crushing that. Yes, sir. All right. We're on to those shout outs. Who do we got this week? Uh, Hold on one second here, my good sir. All right. I'm going to kick it off then. We got first shout out goes to Chopper Bob. Hit him up about the old kicker situation. We'll get into this a little bit once we do some updates. Um, kicker situation on the Fat Boy. 
and he was giving me some advice on different things to check, helping me figure out uh, whether I got something hooked up wrong or if it's something else that's causing the problem outside of the ignition. I'll save the rest of the story for when we do the updates, but always appreciate the wisdom of Chopper Bob. He's got all the know-how, especially as you get into uh, this older technology and trying to figure out stuff that doesn't, that's not just plug and play. So always appreciate having him on speed dial there. Um, shout out to the crazy gentleman podcast, the homie Rob. Um, he is doing, if you guys have not seen it, he's doing a, uh, raffle on a pretty fucking dope Donna. And, uh, he's been posting pictures of all the places that he's ridden the bike. Um, so obviously things super fucking reliable, really clean, nice looking bike. Um, and the way he's doing his raffle is dope as fuck. Um, so it's a hundred dollars a spot. I forget how many spots it is, but it's a hundred bucks a spot. Maybe um, ninety bucks a spot. Oh yeah, sorry, not yeah, my bad. So it's ninety dollars a spot. Um, so obviously one person will win the bike, and then nine other people will get. Is it nine people or ten people? I fucking forget. I think yeah, it's nine because it's ten all together, ten winners. Um, so nine other people will get your ninety dollars back plus ten bucks. Um, so it could just be a free raffle, even if you don't fucking win. Um, yeah. So get over to the crazy gentleman podcast and buy your motherfucking ticket. And for all you rafflers, take, take note of how that's structured because that's a lot more people feel better when there's 10 people that are getting that are, that are like theoretically winning or not losing at least. Yeah. It's a good feel. That's a good way to structure a raffle. I like that. Um, let's see. Shout out to Jordan, AKA I am trying for sending over the video he used to set the timing on the points setup. I have, I have a regular electronic ignition on the fat boy right now, this, but there's some talk of potentially going to points and ditching the bows and was curious about how to time it and came through with the video. I appreciate it, man. Fucking hell. Um, okay, two things. Should I should I plug my show in the shout out section or should I wait? And should I plug the raffle I would in the shout out section? Do both of them in the updates because we're about to get into the like what's been going on with us lately. I think okay. that's a perfect spot for both of them. All right, let me pull up this shit, man. I got one in the meantime. Shout out slash well wishes. To the homie nicked and chipped from Dirty Builds. If you guys didn't catch it, he fucked his leg up big time. Some tibia fractures and some ACL damage. So Ow. I will uh I didn't ask him if I could share the story, so I will Was he jerking off and fell off the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> Not that far from it. So send, send the man some well wishes. Uh, hopefully he's not doing, I mean, he's in that fucking, whatever you call that thing with all the straps on it and the whole leg is in a fucking cast. So he's like laid up, not walking at all. Uh, God damn. Yeah, dude. I thought he heard him. I thought he hurt himself. I saw like a video at Amy's thing where like full with wood crashed into him or something. I thought he like hurt his leg on the mini bike again, but not the case. And this one's pretty fucking severe so wish him well slide in the dms 
and let him know that uh, you hope he gets better soon. Um, so this next time I'm not going to go into details because it's not that time yet. But um, huge shout out to the Fugel family, Tom Fugel's family. Um, been talking with them on helping me with some shit. Um, so stay tuned for that. But huge shout out to them. Thank you for answering the fucking message. And uh, thanks for giving me a shot. Perfect. Shout out to Chris Edwards, a.k.a. The Tin Man 1393, for being a super good sport about the fact that we were originally, I had talked to him a couple weeks ago, and we were supposed to be doing an interview with him tonight. And then I realized that this show was dropping on the third anniversary. This Dude, it really crept up. Like I was, it was not even on my radar that, that three years had come up so fast. For, for whatever reason, I always think it's August and I get tripped up. It happened last year with the two year too. So yeah. Chris, super good sport. We absolutely are stoked to have you on. He built a fucking fantastic bike that I can't wait to tell you guys all the detail or have him tell you all the details about. Um, and super appreciate him being willing to push it a little bit so we could get this anniversary episode in here into the rotation. So look out for that episode. Tin Man 1393 will be with us soon enough. Um, I do have. I got one more here too. Shout yeah, out to, God. Shout out to not DJ Snyder for sliding in the DMs when I fucked my knee up to say that he was he fucked his hand up doing some fucking workout shit. And made me feel a little bit better about taking myself out of the fucking game for a, a little while there. He's fucking crushing it on all that stuff too. So not DJ Snyder. I appreciate the fucking message, man. Um, shout out to Steve at Debbie Customs. Um, he just sent in the, uh, what's it called? The uh, tickets for Debbie for us to raffle off. Um. So shout out to him and do not forget pipe dreams um, host the deadbeat customs uh, bike night. It is next Wednesday, July 28th, 49 Harvey road, Londonderry, New Hampshire. And uh, just so happens your boys uh, locked out in Greece for a lot of top podcasts, just in case you uh, maybe heard of those dudes, they will be doing um, a live episode next week at pipe dreams for the bike night um so make sure you come through fucking support what deadbeat is doing and uh maybe even jump on the show for a little bit yeah you want to jump on the fucking episode come on over we're probably out okay so listen i should put this out here now we're not trying to be fucking antisocial, but when we do the recordings we can't just set the fucking laptop up right smack dab in the middle and like yeah have all the background noise because the episode would be complete shit and it would sound terrible. So we're probably going to try to find a spot to set up. That's like a little away from the action, but that's not because we don't want to fucking hang out with you guys. You can still come over. We're just trying to cut down on some of the background noise and have like a halfway decent episode uh, for the onsite recording. So come over, say hello, have a beer with us. I'll Uh, probably, uh, as long as I remember, um, I'll probably try to, figure out a way to set my phone up and we'll also do a live episode on instagram oh shit 
then people can see like the fucking whole bike night like in the background can listen to the fucking whatever it'll be dope it will you guys are gonna like it and we're gonna like it because it's fucking super cool to have deadbeat doing a bike night right in our area like that yeah um, uh, oh yeah so that by the way is uh 5 to 8 p.m i forgot to say that part and again it's at 49 harvey road londonderry new hampshire july 28th and again august 25th and september 29th Ooh, this guy's got all the dates mapped out Fucking crushing dude the last wednesday of every month until october september will be the last one damn i wish it was every fucking wednesday that would be dope i wish it was every saturday i don't know why people are yeah. nice in the middle of the week but whatever <laughs> Dude, I always used to feel that way about people doing the Thirsty Thursday shit, too. I'm like, why is this not fucking Thirsty Friday, bud? Yeah. No reason at all why I want to be fucked up on a Thursday night and go to work Friday morning. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. All right. I think we made it through. Unless you got more. I'm all, that's everything I got this week. No, that's everything I got. Perfect. So let's get into some motherfucking updates. I'll do my updates first if you're cool with this because I feel like I got fewer things. You got you got a lot of stuff that you got to get into with yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go piss while you start your updates. Love it. All right. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> first update, I, I teased it a little bit on the situation with Chopper Bob. I had a little bit of an issue with the fat boy. I know that when I first bought it, the whole idea was this was going to be the reliable bike, and then the XS650 would be the one that had issues, and I would only ride it sporadically, you know, depending on what was going on. But I seem to be running into the failure of all the stock components that can go on a bike. There's a 1994 Fat Boy, which has now been turned into a bike which has been tentatively named the Trash Panda, but it's not official yet. I'm trying to give it a full season before I can, before the name really comes to me. But that's the one that's jumping out. So this fat boy, I had a stator go almost right after buying it, which is one of those things where it's like, just fucking flip a coin onto, onto a random chessboard and pick a year. And that's when, when the stator is going to go. You just, you really can't fucking say when it's going to happen. Pulled it out and it, it was fucking OEM parts, probably the part that was in it when it was came off the factory floor in 94, had the stator go, had the regulator go, super bummers. It just happened as soon as I bought the bike. After that, we're now running into an issue with the starter. So there's a little bit of debate on this one. And I'll have you guys who have had, if you've had this problem, I hope you'll write in because I was talking, who was I talking to? Rob, I was talking to crazy gentleman about, I put the, when I slimmed down the harness, took all the shit off, all the clamshells, all this stuff. And we, and fat man helped me just build a a brand new wiring harness for this bike. It's got like five wires in it. Um, We did the whole thing just from scratch because it was much easier to do it that way. What happened is the starter. I didn't want to put like a solenoid on there and run a button and do all that stuff. I wanted to keep it clean. So I just went with the manual push button from what I understand that manual push button. When you're making physical contact, if you don't depress it hard and and quick, 
I guess it can kind of have a tendency to grab only at the edge of the teeth as opposed to having all the teeth just fully meet and then spin the starter motor. So some people say that the, that those manual push buttons are harder on starters than a solenoid that's connected to just like an electronic button. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm inclined to believe it though, because I put that push button, I put that manual push button on there and within, within two, I wrote it all last summer and then I wrote it into this summer and already the starter went. I used to, occasionally I would hear those like fucked up noises when you press the starter button and it just sounds like, and it like catches and then it like continues to turn. Sometimes it sounded like a fucking train wreck in there, but it would always start. I never had the bike like not work at all. I told the story, so I won't retell it about having to bop to pop start it when I got stranded at work. Point being starter was fucked up. Finally got around to disassembling it. I pulled the cover off disassembled it, cleaned up the copper contacts in there because some people say, hey, if you're if the contact points get dirty, that can cause it not to make a you know proper connection. I did that, cleaned them off, put it back together. It does spark when you push the button in, but nothing else happens. And I pushed it even with the cover off. So I'm like literally watching the inside of the mechanism and I'm watching it spark and nothing's turning. So being that this thing was super fucked up, I'm thinking to myself, A, I never want to push this bike again because it's way too fucking heavy with that chunky motherfucking cat squisher tire up front. And B, I want some kind of backup. Originally, I felt like the manual starter button was about as set it and forget it as you could be until it died on me and didn't work anymore. So I decided I wanted to throw the kicker kit on there. So I picked up a kicker kit that fits a five-speed Evo went and threw that thing on there and it was actually not, I will say coming from the Roadstar, where changing a clutch cable means you just like pull an arm that's on the exterior of the case. You pull it forward to release the tension. You pull the clutch cable ferrule out and then you put a new one in and you're done in like 30 seconds. The way the Harley clutch cables go in there, what a fucking nightmare that is compared to, at least compared to the, like the old shovelhead ones where it was also on the outside, just keep yeah. it on the fucking outside. I don't know what this fucking like this ball and ramp business on the inside and you it's under a fucking gasket. Dumb. Super, super. Yeah, they're, dumb. they're a delight. Yeah. Dude, it's so crazy. I wish the fucking, they all should be like the shovelhead was arm on the outside, pull it forward, remove the cable. It was so much better that way. Um, they must've had some brilliant ideas to why that, that wasn't working anymore, but I pulled it. So I put the new kicker kit on luckily function wise, no issues. The kicker operates just the way it should. I can feel the motor turning all that good stuff. Um, Shitty bolts came with the kicker kit. So one of them ended up stripping out and I'm going to have to probably helicoil the case Bob was saying too, that because something about the way that the threads were, some of the threads on the actual case itself were like right up against the edge of the hole. And then the other threads were like, there was a quarter inch before the thread started at the bottom, which Bob was saying might've been people just fucked it up 
somebody took that that clutch cover off the stock one to change a cable and then stripped out you know a quarter inch worth of the threads and they just drilled them out and then like ran a tap through it so there's a chance that that somebody fucked a, a little bit of that up but Point being, I'm going to have to RTV this for the rest of the season like we talked about Loctite and just run that bitch to deadbeat and back and, and hope that nothing goes wrong. But he, so I took it outside. I was not able to get it to start with the kicker. So I need to take – we got this deadbeat thing coming up. So I have one week to get this thing squared away. Things I got to check. I got to check battery voltage. I checked it that day. And so that day I pop-started it, I said – battery's got to be good because I rode the damn thing home. And Bob was saying it could not be, you could just be running off the alternator. And well, you yeah, very well could not be. That was my problem. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it's that I'm going to have to double check it. I will say when I got it home, I think, yeah, I can't remember if I checked it when I got home that day or, or earlier, like maybe a week before, but I did have, a meter on the bike either right before this all happened or right after. And I remember checking it with the meter and it was getting 14 plus at idle, but I haven't checked it lately. So step one, check that step two, I need to check. But th- that could still be a junk battery though. Even if I'm getting 14. Yeah. Cause that's just measuring from what your stator and shit's putting out. Like, so mine, like, for, like mine, for instance, when mine was running, so it has to be wrapped up a little bit to be able to get, like, the accurate reading. But I was getting, like, 13.7 or something like that. But every time I would ride, would ride no problem. I'd fucking bang gears, ride, ride at 60 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour if I wanted to. Shut the bike off, forget it. Dead. Smoke. Replace the battery, everything fixed. Hmm. So like I was saying, I don't know if you were in the bathroom for this part, but a lot of the things that I had done on this bike were like just starting to go like the basic components. And this is the battery that I bought the bike with. So it's yeah. totally possible. So I'll probably the way to tell the way that I would tell is just test the battery and see what that's at right now. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause the other thing Bob was saying, or maybe it was, it was either Bob that was saying it or crazy gentleman, but basically like I said before, I pushed that button in when I went to leave work that day and the button just stayed in and it didn't start. Um, and one of them was saying it could be that it stayed engaged and just dra- and just drained the fuck out of the battery. Like as if it was trying to do the start of the whole time. Yep. So, so I didn't even know this. So fat man told me this um, when I was trying to fucking diagnose the whole sports thing forever. Um, but you can have dead cells in the battery yeah. And it can take a charge, but it will only charge like the top. You know what I mean? It's like, a, I forget what he called it, but it'll Cal- only charge like, like a skim charge. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's it. If so it, it could, literally it could just be tricking you. You know what I mean? A good way to tell is like, if you have one of those, um, what the fuck are those, uh, those trickle chargers, the ones that everybody fucking uses? Trickle charger, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that name brand, I forgot the fucking name. It's the one that's like shaped like a little box and it's like green or whatever. Um, but that'll tell you if you plug, if you put that on your battery, it'll tell you if the battery's junk. If it lights up, I think orange, that means the battery's no good. Oh, mine's only got red and green. I don't have a fancy one. Well, you maybe you've never plugged in a dead battery. Maybe. <laughs> 
It's true. I don't have a lot of customer batteries hanging around here. So <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I just got all these good batteries. It uh, it basically, if I if so if if it tests normal, let's say this, if it like reads like it's over twelve sitting here, I'll pull it and I'll take it to AutoZone and just have them load test it because it is possible. So if a battery sits dead for a long time, the cells will calcify in these AGM ones. I don't know what happens to those fucking dirty martini shitbox ones, but with the AGMs, you the cells can calcify. And then like Fat Man was saying, it, it can't charge that cell anymore. It's just like yeah. missing. And you're just losing like cold Kraken amps coming from it. Yep. So I'll, ch- I'll test the battery first. Then if the battery's good, I'll put it back in. And then I got to test for spark, which is much easier to do. Now I got the kicker so I can still test for spark. Even if the starter's junk, um, can still kick it through, see if I'm getting spark. If I am, I'll ch- I'll test the compression on it. Never had any issues with the motor before, but I, he was saying that sometimes kick, kick starting, it could be a bitch if one of your cylinders is shitty and the other one's not. Whereas well, didn't we figure out that you have to change your fucking ignition? So not necessarily. Bob was saying that it absolutely could work with my current ignition. How though? What? How though? I don't know. Magic. Because like those ignitions are designed to do three rotations before they send spark out. Yeah, so I know a couple people were saying that because I talked to Derek Savage. Shout out to Derek Savage, by the way. He's also got an Evo chop uh, with a kicker and Jordan and Bob. So those are the three people. Bob, Jordan, and Derek all have Evos with kicker kits on them. And Jordan's running the points. He said it was much easier to start with the points. He didn't say that it wouldn't work with anything else. But he just said it, it was easier to run it with the points and points ignition is like 45 bucks. So and that brand new. So that's kind of hard to beat. If I do need to swap the ignition, I'll probably be swapping it to points and carrying that motherfucking Emery board. <laughs> you already know you have points in the um, what's it called, right? And the XS. I don't. I have an electronic. Oh, no, you don't. Yeah, you have that fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. And so the electronic ignition on that one kicks over just fine. Works perfectly. Because even points are like. If you don't like no points, it's kind of tricky to like get right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like all of this is is it's definitely a science. It's not uh, like a bolt-on thing. Derek Savage, he had um, he had a couple different ignitions. I know. I think he was saying. I don't want to misquote him here, but I'm pretty sure he was saying that the Dyna 2000i did not work. Did not want to work quicker. <laughs> And then he tried some other ones that he called out. I think the Dyna S, he said, did work better with it. And then he named one other one, too. I still have that message. I'll have to go back and dig it up. But, I I mean, I know when bikes had kickers from the factory, they had points from the factory. I know that that setup works. Well, mine's electronic. And what do you know what's in it? Is it a stock one? Yeah, it's a stock electronic ignition. So if that's the case, then the one I have in right now shouldn't need to be changed because this is but a mine was designed for a kicker. My bike's naturally a kicker. I didn't add it. You know what I mean? So that electronic ignition is made for a kicking butt. So this electronic ignition, that was the other thing, by the way. So I, I mentioned the battery check for spark check for compression. Last step is adjust the timing on the current ignition. And then after that was get points. 
Also, somewhere in here, I should replace the starter <laughs> if the starter is bad, because I definitely don't want to be relying on only this, but it would be cool to feel like uh, I've got this backup in, in case this ever happens in the future. I'm not just like stuck having to pop start it up without a hill nearby. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm going to do my best to get this all sorted out before next Wednesday, because I really want to ride this fucking thing to pipe dreams. If I have to fucking bump start it, I have a hill near my house. I will bump start this thing to get it to pipe dreams and back, but I would definitely feel a lot more comfortable being able to start it properly. So that's kind of the update on where that thing sits. I got to check too, to make sure it's not leaking and put a little bit more transmission fluid in. I only had 18 ounces and it needs like 24 ounces. So the struggle is real. I got, I got some work to do, but once the kicker kit is reliable, I'll just be fucking riding it with that. And then somewhere in the future, maybe this winter, I'll tear it down and see what's really going on with the electric starter. I'm just hoping right. the fucking battery and the battery is like the cause of all the woes. And then the electric starter just works again. But the bad, that wouldn't explain why. Don't you have a starter now? From fat man, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even have confirmation that that one works, but I do. I have. mean, all you have to do is fucking put it, ground it out and put a fucking positive to it and see if it spins. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'll test that one then. Come on, you're the electrician out of both of us. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> you keep a multimeter in your fucking cargo pocket in your pants. <laughs> I do keep the multimeter because you just got to fucking have it. I know I have one and I've never ever put batteries in it because I don't even know how to use it anyways. <laughs> just set it to DC twenty and you never use anything else. I've heard I've heard myths about using it to check the ohms on a coil. Nobody does that. You just fucking yeah, DC twenty. You just check your battery voltage and then you put it away. None of this electric shit. But uh yeah, that's basically where that thing sits. And just need to fucking dive in, figure out what the problem is, and then we're back on the road. All right. So with those updates out of the way, why don't you give us a couple updates here? I know you got a you got a couple things to talk about. Okay. Um I'll do I will do a quick update on the Camaro real quick. Um because everybody's always asking about the fucking Camaro. Um so the Camaro, it got set back a little bit because I needed the um, electronic pedal setup. So I had to wait for that to come in. Anybody that's ordering parts right now knows getting parts suck. Um, so that's finally here. I'm just waiting for the block off plates like the EGR and all that bullshit. Um, but the car's pretty much fully wired now. Um, yeah, so I'm just waiting on the block off plates. And then I'm hoping uh, to be able to start it for the first time Friday, the day this comes out. So we'll see. Hopefully it's running by the weekend. We will see. Um, second update. Um, the Unicorn Ranch Roundup. I'm trying to fucking really blast it because we're like three weeks out now. Um, Unicorn Ranch Roundup is August 14th in Epping, New Hampshire. It's a chopper-only show. Do not make me be that guy and send you home. I'll feel like a fucking dick, but I'll do it. I promise you I'll do it. Um so it's going to start with a ride. I'll have all of the like time information by next week's episode. I promise you. Um, but it's going to start with a ride. We're going to ride out to, I 
believe Badfish Custom is going to lead the ride. And then um, Rob, the crazy gentleman, is going to bring up the ass end of the ride to like make sure everybody's good or whatever. Um, yeah, so we'll do that ride. Um, where I live is like beautiful fucking farm country. We're not going to like get on the highway and rip down the fucking highway. Um, it'll be a good fucking nice local ride haven't decided where yet but we're gonna stop somewhere i have um, a bunch of barbecue spots around here i have um some taco spots around here so we're gonna go somewhere eat lunch um hang out whatever uh just shoot the shit and then get back to the unicorn ranch where we're gonna do the chopper show um so the chopper show will consist of uh, a few categories. So as of right now, I know 100% there's two. I'm thinking about adding a third one. I just haven't made up my mind yet. Um, so for the first category is called Jerry's Choice uh, from the homie motherfucking Jerry coming out of New Jersey, A12 Inc. Uh, he's making the trophies, by the way. Um, so if you have any kind of shows coming up and you need dope-ass trophies, hit Jerry up at A12 Inc. But um, so he's doing Jerry's Choice. Um, he has full range to do whatever the fuck you want to do pick whatever bike you want to do he'll be walking around the show talking to people checking out bikes and then uh, he'll let me know who he decides um, gets his vote um, and then you'll get a trophy for Jerry's Choice um, the second one is going to be best in show and that'll be picked by the one and only Chopper Bob Um I picked Chopper Bob for this one because he's been doing this a long motherfucking time and Bob will be able to pick out like those little details that most people probably wouldn't see. Um, He's going to know what it took to keep that pan on the road, that shovel on the road, or like what you did to upgrade that shovel and blah, blah, blah. Um, I was actually just talking to Bob today and he's not looking for like, I'm not saying that like a perfectly fucking done up painted fucking show bike can't win. Um, but that's like not in Bob's guidelines. What's in his guidelines is just like a well put together rideable chopper. Um, so that's going to be like the kind of person that's going to win best in show. So don't think if you're coming here and you don't have a fucking $10,000 paint job that you have no chance at winning. Um, so for that one, you'll get um, a trophy made by A12 Inc. That says best in show for the roundup. And then you'll also get an on-site photo shoot with Chopper Fisher. He's going to do it that day right here at the Unicorn Ranch. Um, he takes amazing fucking pictures. Check it out at Chopper Fisher uh, on Instagram or his YouTube channel. Um, so he'll do like a full shoot for you of you, your bike, whatever. Um, and listen, when I say he, he takes amazing fucking photos, like any of these photos that he takes could easily be put into a magazine for you. Um, he can also do prints. He can do anything. So after he does this part, you have like a full reign with like him to be able to decide what to do with those photos next. Um, so that's what you get for that. Um, like I said, I'm thinking about adding another category. I just haven't made up my mind, so I'm not going to talk about it now. Um, there's also going to be um, some raffles going on. So, so far... Sponsoring the show, we have Chop Colt, Biltwell, Lowbrow Customs, USA Parts Co., Race Hill, Motorcycle Company, um, Chopper Fisher, Chicken Fried Choppers, Deadbeat, uh, No Luck Paintworks, Crazy Gentleman, Low Life Chopper Podcast, Steel City Blacksmithing, and Two Wheel Trash. Um, so just like to name like a couple, um, 
pork choppers leathers she did a flask that has like a um like a leather wrap around it almost like a leather case and then what do you say what do you say for like a leather punch work uh yeah maybe i don't know yeah i don't know i'm not a fucking leatherman uh, oh, that's funny. Leatherman, right? <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, she does beautiful work and she did um, the Unicorn Ranch logo on one side. It is fucking gorgeous. And the other side, it says Unicorn Ranch Roundup. Uh, I believe it has the year on it, too. I'm not positive. I'll have to check. But um, I'm telling you, this thing is fucking gorgeous. I even messaged her and was like, you know, hard it is for me to have to give this away. It is gorgeous. And like, there's never been and there's not another one on this planet. That's the only one. Um, so that's super rad. Um, Chopper Fisher, like I said, donated his time for a photo shoot for whoever wins best in show. USA Parts Co. donated a $100 gift card to their website. Um, Biltwell sent in a bunch of goodies. Lowbrow sent in a bunch of goodies. Lowbrow sent like um, some gift cards, banners, all kinds of shit. Um, Deadbeat um, sent in one ticket for uh, the Deadbeat Retreat and um also one of their helmets um he actually donated the helmet last year for the show but then the show got canceled last minute if you guys remember so i still have that helmet brand new in the box um that's going to go into the raffle um the crazy gentleman is putting together like roadside kits um so it's going to be like a pair of gloves like like work gloves type deals um zip ties wd-40 probably like some mechanics wires shit like that super fucking cool that he's doing that um no Luck Paintworks did a bunch. He painted a bunch of um, rolling trays with like dope ass designs with um, um, what the fuck is it called? Um, God, I'm having a fucking brain freeze here. Um, whatever the glitter, the glitter shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Huh? Flake. Yeah. Yeah, like metal flakes. Fucking paint the thing. It's. He's a beast. So he's donating some of those. Um, Race Hell Motorcycle Co. <clears throat> donated like hats, shirts, all kinds of shit. Um, Loctite Shop Shop, obviously I'm sponsoring as well. I'm going to have a few panels up for raffle. Um, Steel City Blacksmith is sending in some shirts. Uh, Two Wheel Trash is sending in shirts, hats. It's, it's going to be fucking insane. It's going to be a bunch of shit for raffle. Um, and that's the only thing that will cost money at the show is getting into the raffles. And that's only the only reason I'm doing the raffles is to, Oh, sorry. There's another sponsor too. I haven't put on this post yet is uh fat man custom motors. He's paying for half of the Porter party rental. Super dope. He's fucking is helping sponsor the shitters. Um, but that's what these raffles are going for is to pay for um, the Porter parties for the place. So that's it. Everything else is free. Um, after the shopper show, like I said, that's going to go most of the day after the ride. And then we're going to go into, once the sun goes down, we will do, um, the ride and movie. So the movie will be set up on a projector outside of the shop, outside of Loctite shop shop, literally on the backside of Loctite shop shop will be the movie. Um, you can sit on your bike, bring a fucking blanket, sit on the blanket, whatever the fuck you want to do. And, uh, we're going to watch 21 days under the sky and, uh, same time have a fire. So if you're not trying to watch the movie, you can sit around the fire bullshit with other dudes. and um that's it, man. Then call it a night. So if you were coming from out of town and uh, you need to come in the night before, for whatever reason, hit me up. Um, we can figure something out. And if you were coming from like way far out of town, you need a place to stay. Like I said, um, on the live feed I did, um, there's like, 
at least 10 cramp, uh, campgrounds within 10 miles of my house. They're fucking everywhere. Um, so if you need any information, hit me up and uh, we can get shit situated for you. Again, August 14th, Epping, New Hampshire, the Unicorn Ranch Roundup. God, that was a lot to say. Roundup, baby. <laughs> God. Um, I just want to, again, real quick, to not fucking keep beating a dead horse on the show. But um, so many people have asked, like, why are you only doing jobs? This is bullshit. Well, uh, listen, I get it. And, like, I've said this a hundred times. There's a bunch of shows where, like, anybody can go. And those shows are dope. I get to see a lot of people that I don't get to see all the time. Um, but this show, and I hate even calling it a show. That's why it's called the Roundup, the Unicorn Ranch Roundup. Um, cause this is like a builder's thing. I'm trying to round up all those dudes that are doing the same shit as me. The dudes that are, are working nine to five and then coming home, hanging with the family. And then when the family goes to bed, go work in the shop till three o'clock in the morning. Um, those are the dudes. I want all people here that respect the process of a build and know what it takes to be able to have a chopper that you can ride where the fuck you want to ride. So that's what this is about. It's not about how many bikes I can get here. And I was talking to Rob, the crazy gentleman about this. Even if 20 people show up and it's just all dudes that built their own chopper, I'm fucking pumped and I feel like it was a great turnout. You know what I mean? So it's not about trying to get hundreds of people here. It's about getting um, the right people here. So that's why it's a chopper only show. It's not to fucking piss on anybody's Cheerios or try to like exclude anybody um, but that's just like what this show was about for me. Um, okay. So now that that's out of the way, uh, a lot of you I'm sure have seen, uh, fucking breaks. I have to say, so some shit has come up, um, that has kind of forced my hand on getting rid of the shovel head. Um, I've weighed my options I've talked to Greece about this. I've talked to four other people about this and it sucks getting rid of this bike because I have so much time. Um, I made so many sacrifices to build this bike. Um, just like a quick backstory for this bike. I traded my 1977 C10 pickup truck, my dream pickup truck traded that even for a stock shovel head. Um, and then traded my fxr for the paint job um during building this bike my welder shit the bed i sold my car my literally my only car my wife still had a car but i sold my only car and had to drive a tow truck until i could get enough money to buy another car just so i could buy a welder um built all of this during a fucking pandemic built it for um uh the greasy dozen literally logged over 400 hours into this build. And I don't, that's before any money. You know what I mean? So like this bike has a huge sentimental fucking thing for me. Um, but it's the only thing I own that I can get rid of and put me in a better place than I am right now. Um, I'm not going to get like super into it. Um, but what I'm doing with this money, I'm just be straight up up front with everybody. The, what I'm doing with this money is I'm trying to start my own business. I have a great plan for it. I have, I think I have everything executed the way it needs to be. And getting rid of this bike now sucks dick, but it's going to put me in a place later on where I'm more comfortable in life and be able to build cooler fucking bikes again. Um, so with that, raffling the shovel. And I know I've said it a hundred fucking times. I hate raffles. And believe me, I still hate raffles. Um, I've talked to a bunch of people and 
trying to like talk to people and figure out what this should be raffled for, uh, what's fair and sent out like a bunch of pictures to people, um, like a build list. And the consensus right now is that if I did a hundred dollars a spot, 200 spots would be very fair. Um, like I said, uh, if you guys listen to any of the shows while this bike was being built, just the paint alone done by Matt Day, uh, aka Fosmobile, is absolutely fucking mind blowing. It's all Oriental blue paint with Big Daddy Ross Flake um, uh, pinstriping throughout the frame from done by Maddie. There's uh, airbrush work. There's fucking it, the thing's amazing. The paint is ridiculous and easily ten thousand dollar paint job on this bike. And this bike has less than a no, not less than a hundred less than 200 miles on it right now um it's pristine everything it has a fresh top end it's a one kick bike i put up a video today um the paint's fucking gorgeous the sissy bar is a one-off sissy bar that nobody else has um this is a lot of like my whole fucking who i am as a person is in this bike so it sucks to get rid of but that's what it's going to be it's going to be a hundred dollars a spot 200 spots um We'll have the winner of the bike and whoever the winner of the bike is, will get $500 towards shipping. And then um, kind of like what Rob did, I'm going to do after I pick that. Um, and so the way I'm going to do, I'm going to do the way Jerry does his um, raffle. I know everybody likes doing the online thing. Um, I don't know. It, that'd be way easier, but I'm going to do it the way Jerry does his. He takes poker chips, writes a number on every single poker chip. So it'll be 200 poker chips. You'll see them all laid out with all the numbers and I'll push them right into a bucket right in front of you. Um, so first place, obviously we'll win the motorcycle. You get $500 towards shipping, or if it's within 200 miles, I'll deliver it to your house personally. Um, and then the next I'll draw five more chips and those people will get a hundred dollars back. So that's what it'll be. And listen, I'm not buying, I'm not getting rid of this to take all this money and fucking go enter a bunch of other raffles or build more bikes. I'm literally, heartbroken about getting rid of this bike but i'm doing it to start a business to get me to a better place so i can build more fucking cool bikes and be more um uh what the fuck's it called more financially stable to be able to do the shit that i'm trying to do um yeah that's it man i hope that i hope the tickets sell if not whatever i'll figure out another fucking game plan um I'm not worried about that. If the if the tickets don't sell or if it's just taking way too long, I'll refund everybody's money. None of the money will be spent until the fucking um, the winner is picked and uh, so on and so forth. But like I said, if, if it's just taking way too long, I'll refund everybody's money. I'll keep the shovel and I'll come up with another fucking plan. Um, and hopefully it'll just go to someone that respects it and fucking will treat it right. And that's it, man. It's a fucking solid bike. Somebody will be super pumped if they win it. So um, this is the first time I put any details out. You guys are hearing it first. And then Friday afternoon, um, I will put out the full post of everything I just told you, how much it is, where to fucking get your spot and all that bullshit. So you guys are hearing it before anybody else. Um, well, hearing the details. I put out a post on Wednesday, which is today, and uh, a video of the bike on a one kick cold start. So. That's what it is. Um, me and Grease talked for probably, what, an hour before we even started recording? Yeah. Um, strictly about this. And this is, I promise you, this is not something that comes easy. Um, 
it fucking sucks. It really sucks to put this much time into a bike and make so many sacrifices to build a bike like this and then give it to somebody else. It fucking sucks. Money, like, if this wasn't where, if I wasn't in the spot that I'm in right now, um, which I'm fine, by the way. My family's not in any kind of fucking harm or anything like that. I had a couple people reach out. I probably should have put all that in the post, but um, I'm just trying to set myself up so nothing bad does happen. Um, but it sucks to have to do it. If I wasn't in this position, money couldn't buy this bike. I promise you that. I've had people offer me cash for this bike before. Um, the money could not buy this bike if I wasn't in the position that I'm in now. If I didn't have um, the experience and game plan that I have now, this bike would never be sold. Um, and I promise you, I'm not one of those dudes that are just trying to get rich off raffles. That's not what it is. I'm literally selling this thing. <sighs> literally selling this thing to try to make a move towards the next fucking thing. And that's it. I'm done talking about it. Cause I'm starting to get like aggravated about even talking about it. So that's the fucking information. And uh, let's just get into the rest of this fucking show. Let's fucking do it, man. All right. So with all that said, three years we're celebrating of doing this motherfucking show. It feels like, I know we said it in the beginning, but it literally feels like maybe a year worth crazy. Of Every week, dude, for three years. Every single week. Every Friday we have dropped an episode. That's it. Consistency. We've preached it from the beginning to every person who's ever hit us up, which by the way, we are open books about all this stuff. If you are interested in starting podcasts, we will fucking help. Whoever's got a question, we'll help walk you through everything we know. But the biggest thing that I feel like is the reason that this show has been as successful as it has is we tell you guys every Friday and we give it to you every Friday. No matter what. And there's been so many times when, cause like, I'm sure people don't even realize it. Cause like, why would you like, you're just, we're just guys on in your earbuds. You know what I mean? But like outside of this, we're everyday fucking dudes. Both of us have kids. Both of us have families. Both of us have full-time jobs. So it's like shit gets in the way. And like, there's been times where we've had to record on a Thursday and then with a guest, you know what I mean? And then grease is up fucking all night doing this and then fucking editing the show and then getting it dropped and then going to bed to get up at five o'clock in the morning or whenever the fuck he gets up. Um, yeah. Right about that. There's been, yeah, there's been fucking blizzards. We've talked about on the show. I've literally driven through blizzards to go record the show. Um, and like Grease said, I think hands down, that's what has made us be where we are now. Um, that's why we have such a dedicated audience because every single Friday we've become part of people's Fridays. We've become part of you guys' Fridays. And, um, it's just been fucking wild. Dude. Like I still can't even believe that it's been three years. Like I started saying this in the beginning, but like, I remember the very beginning of this when you were like, dude, you got to fucking be on Instagram. When I, this is when I first started building the chopper. The step job. Yeah, yeah, you got to get on Instagram. That's where all the chopper dudes are. That's where you're <laughs> going to meet people. That's where you're going to fucking find all these parts and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fuck that, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting on that shit. Well, yeah, I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and now I got fucking three Instagrams. But um, 
so I remember went from that. Then you were like, check out this podcast, which was right up on the norm. And uh, absolutely got fucking. I, so I never listened to a podcast in my life before that. And uh, I remember you were like, check out right up on the norm. It's fucking dope. And then you was like, tell me about how you uh, like talk to them or whatever. And then fucking went and bought, what's his name's bike for your brother. And I was like, fuck, but I'll check it out. And uh, at that time, I was working at a machine shop. And uh, or a fabrication shop. I don't know what you call it. I was like box press and shit and fucking all that bullshit. But um, I had literally could listen to podcasts all day long. So I pretty much binge listened to fucking Riders on Norm for like two and a half weeks. And uh, that ended just like abruptly. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? And like, this is way after they already ended it. But I, I had no fucking clue. Grease didn't tell me that part. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I was like devastated. And um, I remember we planned like this little camping trip with my family and your family. And I remember like sitting at the place like you, you set up your hammock or whatever. And I'm like, yo, listen, like we got to do a podcast. Cause like the world needs more chopper podcasts. Right. <laughs> and I like, I'll never forget. Like you just looked me straight in the eye. and was like, yeah, man, fucking good luck. But like, I'll come on and do an episode. And I was like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It took me, it was so hard to convince you. You were like, just not about it. Yeah, it was definitely in the beginning. So when we were doing this camping trip, I had just bought the house. And no, you didn't had, buy it yet. I don't think you bought it yet. We had because we did a couple of episodes at your house. We did how we did episodes in Haverhill, right? But when you buy the house, it's like there's a closing date and it's like a month out. So I thought you were time, still looking. I thought you were still looking, but you could be right. Yeah, I think this is because in my mind, going back is like we had put the offer in. The offer got accepted, and we were going to be moving in within a month. And I was like, "There's no way." that I could take this on at this point. Cause we're going to have, this place was a fucking fixer upper. So we were going to have lots of shit to take care of when we got there. And it was stressful. And I remember being like, do not commit yourself to this because if I, cause this is the advice that we give to everybody about the consistency thing. Like I preach that in every aspect of my life. And if I'm not gonna do it a hundred percent, I would rather just not be involved Right. So you were like, let's just, let's do this thing. Or like, or you were like, we should do it. And I'm like, you should do it. <laughs> you should do this. It's going to be awesome. You're going to have a great time. And I don't know what it was that convinced me that we should actually jump into it. That's the part that's kind of hazy in my memory. So it's not in mine. I remember. <laughs> so it? I remember, I remember I kept like hounding you about this. And I remember even Fox, dude, even Fox to the campground. I was like, it sounds cool as hell. You should do it. Blah, blah, blah. Like she was about it, dude. And you were like, no. <laughs> so I remember I was like, all right, man, we're going to, we need to at least like, I forget. Like, I remember I kept talking to you about it and like, you were like, con- you were like kind of, yes, but like, you were still like very unsure about it. Yeah. And then, um, I remember I like found like I so I found Anchor, which is what we've recorded on for literally the whole time. And um I remember I was like, dude, I got the program, I got this, blah, blah, blah. 
And I'm like, I remember I was at work and I'm like, let me just call you on like, I'll call you. We'll do it over the phone and like, see how it goes. And so I called you on the phone and I remember I was talking, I was literally talking to you on the phone and I had like an app where it re- recorded your fucking um, phone conversation. And I remember I was on my way home from work. You were on your way home from work. And I just were talking to you on the phone that way. And that was literally the first episode. And I was like, see, it's not that bad. And then boom, here we are three years later. (laughs) Dude, yeah, so crazy. That first one. And we've had people write in too about how they love going back to that first episode. So I guess we should not delete that one. Like I have wanted to so many times. It, it was a tough one for sure. Definitely a little bit of a struggle, but I think for, for history's sake, we probably should leave it up. I agree. I do agree. At this point, I've, I've gotten through the, the embarrassment of the audio quality and I'm like, it's, it's just good to have it. Yeah. Cause I mean, even like, even on Rise on Norm, and I know like a lot of guys, because like I've met dudes at shows, like dude, I never like I started listening to Rise on Norm after you guys talked about it, blah blah blah, and like even in Rise on the Norm, like do you remember the like beginning episodes? There was like twenty fucking people on it. Yeah, dude, they had so many people. They had by the by the time we got to the end, I, I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even believe how many how many less people were on it. It was wild, dude. And it's just like, I think that's like the coolest part though. Cause like people take that journey with us of like, and like the coolest thing in my mind is like, we started this podcast in literally the beginning stages of us, like getting serious into building motorcycles. And so I think that's like super rad. Cause like anybody, even people that didn't start listening to us from the beginning, I would say probably at least 80% of the people start all the way in the back catalog and listen all the way up. Um, so it's cool. That they like get to grow with us. And I think that's another like huge attraction to the show. Yeah, I agree. People feel like they're part of it because they are, I mean, if they write in and they and we're reading their stuff on the air and talking to them frequently, it really has been like, we've been homies for three years right from seeing like i still remember seeing in that picture that rhino posted of the t-shirt the og t-shirt hanging up above the uh his blast cabinet and he still got it and it's like that thing is from the very very beginning our first run of merch still in existence yeah I, I really wish that I did that because that's like a fucking rad thing. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I still have mine. If I do, I'm going to put it in a frame like that because that's cool as fuck. It is cool as fuck. Yeah, I don't. I feel like mine is kicking around somewhere. I know I have the gray one and I'm going to be a little more careful with the gray one now because now I'm thinking back and it's like, oh, I should have done that with the other one. Yeah. But I wore the fuck out of that first one. Oh, yeah, me too. Like my lettering was definitely, it's faded to fuck. Yeah, but I'll still put it in a frame because I think that makes it even cooler. The back of the Kraken, you know how like that yeah. stuff starts to like kind of splinter and spider crack. Oh yeah. It would be cool as fuck. That should I should definitely frame that too. 
but it's been yeah. a, it's been a wild ride and so many of the people that we've met have just become people we talked to people we talked about non-bike shit you know yeah just general stuff it just feels like you could just hit to them me whatever yeah to me that's like on like being on like this end of the show you know what i mean the guys making the content mm-hmm. that's the coolest part to me is like the amount of people that we've met because like like we talked about this in the very beginning the reason we started the show was to like find like i don't want to i hate like saying like create like a uh a more like close knit like circle you know what i mean but like that was like our goal because like i remember we talked like going to these shows and like literally not fucking knowing anybody and like not talking to anybody um but i even remember the first time we went to the fucking full speed ahead show we literally talked to like two people you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> and was- it was so fucking weird dude and it's like now we just have like the craziest outreach and like like cliche but like family around the fucking show like i would say more than half of the people that listen to the show have talked to us at some point have met us at shows at some point um yeah. or like have we've given advice towards shit and like that's the coolest part to me is like they've got to see us grow and like those dudes have been listening since like the fucking beginning like rhino and fucking full of wood's been on board for a long fucking time now and like all these dudes like seeing all of them develop is just it's just rad as fuck it's super fucking cool and like you said like now it's like to the point where we talk to people that um about shit that's not even motorcycle related like dude just like like rob the crazy gentleman like just called me the other day like yo man just fucking i don't really have anything to talk about i just want to come and see how you're doing you know what i mean like that's just rad as fuck and the group that we've built around this like not even like worldwide group um but like just like our local group that is formed around this show is like i couldn't imagine like life without that group at this point right that's what it really like after leaving you leave your hometown and all like the people you went to school with in your in your circle of friends and i remember like coming out to boston and not knowing anybody and just feeling like i'm never gonna meet as many people as I knew back there. And then we did, and then we started doing the show <laughs> and it was yeah. just this, like, it, cause it's the same thing. Now you got the group thread, you got people that you just know. Anytime you see like a, a bike related thing, you're like, here's a deal. Anybody interested, anybody trying to buy one of these things, whatever, yeah. like whatever comes up, it's just like, you just share all these things with these people. And I forget that I didn't know any of these people three years ago. Right. And like the craziest thing is like, if you go back and listen to not, I, w- I don't want to say this is where we're at the first episode. Cause we didn't really talk about too much of anything important, mm-hmm. but if you go back and I like, say like two or three episodes in and listen to the way that we talk and like the shit that we couldn't talk about because we didn't have no fucking idea. And then, like, just so early on in, like, the building page of our life, you know what I mean? To now, you're a professional TIG welder. Like, in the beginning of the show, you were not a fucking, you were, 
you were literally, weren't you still working at the union? In the beginning of the show, yeah, I was still, yeah. Like, you were still, like, learning how to weld. Yeah, isn't that Right? Yeah. Like, you're learning how to weld, and now you're literally a professional pig welder. (laughs) You know what I mean? Welding, like, the most ridiculous shit. It's just, and then, like, I mean, I haven't really changed it that much. I pretty much went telling. I quit my job on air, and then started telling. But it's like, (laughs) but it's like, like with my like my side of it, like my literally struggled through my first build on this show, and now I've I built a gorgeous shallow head for one of the bigger builder shows in the in our country. But I mean, it's obviously not fucking uh, born free, but built the fucking shell that for that my first build that i built literally on this show ended up in cycle source you know what i mean it's like the growth just looking back at the growth between just us is like it's fucking mind-blowing dude it is it's absolutely insane and it's it's all so it's like a lot of that change has just been from being exposed to so many people that do so many different things 100 percent because until you until these people become part of the the friend group and then you meet people like Bob and you meet all the people that we talk to like the top tier guys like Hawk and Christian Newman and um, there's a million others that we can four floor choppers and four floor, all of that. Yep. Exactly. All these guys and you hear and you're like wow before that you don't even realize that things are even happening to that level anywhere. And then it just changes your your whole outlook on all these things. And you're like, wow, there's so much that's possible. There's so much that I need to learn. And that just gets you fucking hyped to learn it, figure out more. Right. And I don't know where it would have gone without the show. I don't know how much I would have chased those things. Yeah. And like, that's what I've, I've brought this up a couple of times. And like, so I remember clear as day and i don't even know why because like <clears throat> this isn't even like a crazy like deep ass quote you know what i mean like a wick i don't know but i remember recording the episode when you first moved into your house and we recorded that little tiny section of your basement yeah and there was five of us crammed into that fucking little room <laughs> and i remember it was maddie and um Bachelor's customs and I remember just like talking about, cause like, if you, do you remember the beginning of the show? Like if I didn't know something, I just wouldn't even talk about it on the show. I was like super, like, like didn't want to say something that wasn't factual. You know what I mean? And I'm still kind of like that to this day, but um, I remember like Maddie and Brandon talking about it. And like Maddie was talking about painting. And I remember Brandon said, and like, this is weird. Cause like, I don't know. <laughs> Brandon's a fucking shithead sometimes. <laughs> um, um, but I'll never forget, dude. He said like the most simple little fucking thing. And when he was like, because I was, I remember telling him like his purple bike is still probably one of my favorite jobbers. It's just so well put together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember telling him that. And I remember him saying, God, now. I'm trying to, now I can't even remember word for word it was, but I remember he was like, we all progress. And he goes, you're at where you are right now, 
But at some point, you're going to be where I'm at. And then I'm going to be further up because I'm going to learn more shit. Right. He's like, just don't, he's like, just don't give up. You'll always progress. And dude, I, and it's like, not even like a crazy, like deep emotional fucking quote, but like literally that quote just like pushed me so hard to like, just, I want to know more. I want to progress. I want to fucking know how to do this. I wanted to be able to do more shit by myself. And just that little stupid quote, dude, said by Brandon, <laughs> who's usually just like talking shit somewhere, um, just like lit a fire into my ass and like pushed me to like keep learning, keep reading, keep trying to figure out shit on my own and like get my tooling up. And like now I have a fucking three bay garage with motorcycle lifts and fucking sandblast cabinets and lathes and fucking grinding tables, all kinds of shit. You know what I mean? Just from that, I mean, I'm not saying all that wouldn't have happened if he never said that, but that little quote is like always stuck in my mind to like, you're never just stuck where you are. You can always progress. And just like that little fucking thing, it's just, it's cool. Like without, without that show, like we wouldn't know those guys. I would have never heard that quote and who knows how far I would have gotten into where we are now. You know what I mean? Who knows? I would have just half-assed the fucking sports together and that would have been it. And then Maddie went on to paint the shovel. Yeah, and then Maddie went on to fucking paint my shovel head. Which is huge. It's wild, man. It really is. It's such a crazy journey. And it makes me feel like, makes me think about what I want out of the next year of the show. And the first thing that comes to mind is that I wish more people who are listening would write in as well. A hundred percent. 100%. 100%. I get involved because there's a whole party going on over here and you could be a part of it. We could in the show so much better when people write in because we have like shit to talk about. You know what I mean? We can bring other people's experiences, and other people's questions into the fucking mix. Yeah. When the like, shout out section is long, that's a good show because that means yeah. like people have been talking to us in the meantime. Right. And like, to be honest, like, like I said, we're just two fucking normal human beings. We don't have tons of shit that happens to us every fucking seven days. You know what I mean? <laughs> like to come on here and put on a two-hour show every week is not fucking easy. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, I mean, um, we love to hear ourselves talk, but you know, at a yeah, point, you gotta <laughs> something's gotta happen. Yeah, it's 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 dope when people can reach out and like give us shit to talk about, and like it's nice to be able to help people, and that's like one of the biggest things. It's cool that. When we first started the show, we made the context to be able to reach out to people and met people like Christian Newman, who was literally like, yeah, call me anytime. I'll fucking help you with whatever. Um, And it's cool to be at a point now where people can call me and anybody that's ever hit me up, um, I'm sure they'll test to this. They'll message me like, hey, man, I got a question, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, here's my cell phone number. Call me. And I'll just sit on the phone and talk to a dude that I've never talked to before in my life. Just give them my number. Like, yeah, man, let's fucking work it out. Figure it out. And it's dope to be able to see it turn and now have me being on that end of being able to help people and give people advice and, like, be able to tell them what's worked for me and what hasn't worked for me. And, I mean, same thing for you. Like, I remember in the beginning where it was a pain in the dick for you to find somebody to do your hardtail for you. And then when you did, it was, like, super fucking sketchy, like, the whole way it went down. And yeah, now you're literally that dude who just like makes it easy for dudes to be able to just get their shit welded. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, that part I have to say, like, and I always feel weird talking about stuff like this because I don't want people to feel like we're just here talking about how great we are. But it that one in particular, I went from being a dude who worked a desk job, paying somebody, trying like literally scouring the earth to find somebody who would hardtail my bike for me to being the guy that hardtails people's bikes for them the right way. Right. And like painlessly. <laughs> yeah. So they don't have to sweat it. I'm like, yeah, you bring it through. I cut it up. I put it together. I give it back to you. I go over it. Like when people come and pick these things up, I put the string on it and I'm like, here's, you know, we'll go from this axle plate to this axle plate. I put a tape on it. I'm like, before you take this thing out of here, I want you to see for yourself how I did it so that you don't have questions later. And it's like all the things, all the things that matter to you. And that only matters when someone didn't do it for you. Somebody was like, here it is fucking hope you like it. And you just get fucked by that person. And you're like, you know what? I'm never gonna rely on these people again, but you don't want people to lose faith entirely and feel like they have to do everything. So it's nice to be able to give people that experience so that they can say, I don't have to stress. I can bring it to this guy. He's going to take way too much fucking time. I spend way too much time doing these things, but it, <laughs> it definitely, and it, and it gives a lot of anxiety, but that's what you're offering people, you know, is like, let me take that problem off your plate. Yeah. And then you could solve the thousand other problems that come up <laughs> when you're trying to put a bike together. But it's, you just, it feels nice to be able to help people with that. And, and in that situation, it's something I'm doing, but I wanted to share this story too, because I feel like this is a cool one. So Chris, Chris Edwards, Tin Man 1393, he's going to be on, um, not the following episode, because that's the Pipe Dreams one, but the one after. And Here's a situation where remember when fish tank came on and he told the story about his regulator yeah. not being properly grounded because of the paint. I happened yeah. to see later that day or later that week, uh, he, Chris had posted something about putting his uh, regulator on. And I just shot him a message just like, Hey, just make sure that that regulator it's grounded good. We just had an episode with fish where his regulator wasn't grounded, whatever. And he was like, Oh yeah, no problem. Definitely. I'll I'll take a look at it. Hit me up a week later saying, it turns out it wasn't grounded. And if you hadn't messaged me this, I would have wrote it and fried something. Yeah. And it's like, that's a situation where it's, it's not, it's not like I'm the wiring God. I'm just the guy who sat next to somebody who talked about what went wrong. And then I get to pass it along to somebody who it ended up helping, which I think is just such a cool feeling. Yeah. And that's what the show is all about. And and the reason I share it is to circle back to what we were talking about in the beginning. It only happened because me and him talk outside of show stuff. Like I I can, I see his bike. I, you know, I send him a message about this. He's the one that built that. I won't get into the details because I want him to tell the story. I I know who he is. I talked to him on my page. Yeah. And it's just, because of that. So I hope that people are listening to this and thinking like, as we roll into the, the, this will be the fourth year that we're rolling into right in, share the stuff that you're doing. We are super easy to get a hold of. Um, and I hope that we can connect with more people directly, not just on like kicks in the dick or show related stuff, but just whatever you're doing. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's it's crazy. Like, I just pulled it up right now. Just like, because when you said the four-year thing, I was like, huh. Um, so just went to Anchor and looked, dude. And 245,000 times somebody pressed play on this podcast. <laughs> dude, that's so wild. Is man. that insane or what, dude? And it's like... Uh, it's a 245,000 that dude that's so much that's almost half a million fucking times yeah it's about a quarter of a million I mean a quarter of a million not a half a million quarter of a million times (laughs) and and for something like choppers where it's like it's not like it's just motorcycles or like some other podcast that's like like true crime podcast that get a ton of clicks because like everybody could be into it it's like it's choppers this is a very small community and if there's that many listens is right. fucking rad. Insane. And like, and I know like we're not fucking even close to touching chicken Rick, but like even on Instagram, dude, almost 7,000 people follow us. You know what I mean? You feel like it's doing really a bad, podcast. Dude. Yeah. It's 6,566. <laughs> dude, I haven't looked at it in a minute. Last time I looked at that, I feel like we had 3,000. Yeah. But like, that's what I'm saying. For like what you were saying, like for doing a podcast that only covers one thing, it's only about shoppers. I mean, we talk about our everyday life, but like a show that's literally the low life chopper podcast to have that many people is just like, it's fucking mind blowing. Especially when we go back to like that story we just told about sitting around a campfire. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just fucking mind blowing. Dude, going back, you know, what's mind blowing going back and looking at the names of some of these episodes as we went through, by the way, that bad fish bromance one with Maddie and, and Brandon that yeah. was in that was on August thirtieth of twenty eighteen. Wow, that's how long ago that was. The sixth episode we ever did. That's insane. Yeah, pretty crazy. Chopper Bob made his first appearance on episode eight, which is pretty neat. We got all on episode nine. We did bike buying basics and swap scores, where we talked all about like things to look for when you're buying a used bike. Yo, super fucking cool. We, we just recently revisited the toolkit and we were talking about, well, it's been a long time since we talked about what we keep in our toolkits. You know what the last time was? October 18th of 2018. It was our 13th episode. Wow. <laughs> so I think we definitely let it marinate in between. We gave it some fucking time. Babes, Bikes, and Beards made their first appearance on episode 15. That's fucking wild, dude. All of that stuff. Oh, damn. The fucking frame jigs. We I probably bought that frame jig in November of 2018 because carb cleaning frame jigs and hell yeah. This is when hell yeah was a big thing on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, it's oh I remember that. <laughs> we met Fat oh. Man November of 2018. 2018 was a big year, dude. All the names that went on to be good long-term friends came on like all the way in the beginning. Astro man was on episode 17. Really? I didn't, I didn't even realize that he came on that early. Yeah. New hotness and new builds with Astro man, 1985. No shit. On 17 fat man was on 19. The chop luck was in December. That's wild. I'm, I'm looking back. So for anybody that's like, have not realized this. Grease is scrolling through the back catalog of um, the podcast episodes. Yeah. Um, I'm scrolling through all the, I'm at the very beginning of the Low Life Chopper podcast Instagram page. 
And it's just funny because like all the like the first pictures are when we went to uh, Deadbeat for the first time. And (laughs) it's just so funny, like seeing fucking like one of the pictures of me standing in the field strapping shit on my bike, just completely soaked. And this is in the morning. This is getting ready to go to Deadbeat after. And the next picture is us sleeping in a graveyard. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my god, dude! Where's that picture where we were like, "Hey, this is this is what we're riding." What are you guys riding? And there's no responses. <laughs> yeah, not one. <laughs> oh, dude, it was so it was such a struggle back then to get any. Our, our very first picture doesn't even have. We didn't even write anything. We didn't write a caption. Picture? It's a picture of Tony's bike and CP's bike. Oh man, that's picture one. This picture one. We didn't write anything, didn't hashtag anything, nothing. And then our second one is my is uh, the hood rat in your bike sitting in the middle of my uncle's field where we camped that time at the graveyard. Yep. And it just says pre deadbeat camping trip. We're here in Maine with ten likes. <laughs> oh, listen! If you're listening to this now, go back to our first pictures and make those likes go way up so we can feel better about it. And likes and not one comment. <laughs> no, yeah, dude, I remember that. And then we went to Deadbeat and we didn't know anybody. Imagine like now going to Deadbeat versus going to Deadbeat back then. Seriously. There's like a flag now in my in megaphones and like <laughs> yeah. the proper show. It's ridiculous. It's crazy, man. We had Madhouse Motors back in January of 2019. They came on. Christian Newman came on February 2019. That's shit. That was pretty early on. Yeah, and he came back on. So that's probably two years in between when he first came on and when he came on just – Yeah, because we had him on this past winter, right? I think so. Yeah, it was much more recent. Easy company. Potentially, I actually would be curious. Are you on Anchor still? I could get on Anchor. I want to know what is our most – listened to episode of all time uh jamie pull it up um most episode ever is e true hollywood story with the easy company that's it dude so that episode and then so i can give you um i give you a top five our top five is the E-True Hollywood Story with the Easy Company. Then By we the have way, that's, that's episode 33. Came out in March of 2019. I remember that. we have blew up the um, right away. The next one is Choppers Are All About Fitting In. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dude, who was on? I saw that title and I was like, that's hysterical. And I can't. <laughs> I want, I dude, I want to say it was Badfish and Brandon and uh, Maddie, but I can't remember. It was. So they came back. So by the way, they came on episode six in August and then they came back on in October and it was, yeah, Brandon and Maddie. And And a special guest call as we take a few questions from our listeners about, oh, we talked about exclusivity in the chopper community, how to ditch your front brake, riding with the jockey shift setup and much more. Good thing you do these show notes. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, the, I, the show notes used to be on fucking point. Like I put in like yeah. everything we talked about and then everybody was like, wait, there's show notes? And I was like, what the fuck am I doing writing these? Dude, guess what number three is? How are you? This is that? where we're at. <laughs> really? Yeah. 
that's that can't be people listening all the way through that must be people like going back and hitting this where we're at is number three um rolling to cheap thrills is number four and then tank babies yeah tank babies with babes likes and beards is number five wow that's crazy i don't even know how you're pulling that up um i'm on analytics Gotcha. So those are our top episodes. And so what are the, what are the counts on those? Um, so E true Hollywood story is 3871. Um, is all about fitting in is 36, one five. Uh, this is where we're at is 2,536. Rolling the Cheap Thrills is 2,500, and Tank Babies is 2,400. <laughs> Dude, that's fucking crazy. Rolling the Cheap Thrills was a big one. That one came out January of 2020. So that's funny because that one is much newer. You know, like those other ones you're talking 2019, 2018. Yeah. Rolling to cheap thrills, people were fucking stoked to be rolling to cheap thrills. And then from the graveyard to deadbeat is number six, it looks like. Yep. And that's another one way, way back in the beginning, August of the first year. So that's like one of our first episodes. That is crazy, man. It's, you know, we never take the time to like go back and see. Really, I just looked. I just looked and we are being heard right now in 69 countries. Damn. We are listening to, it looks like Apple Podcasts, 53% of you guys are listening to us on Apple Podcasts. One thing I will say to make these numbers go up and to just spread the show, um, if you're if 53% of you are listening on Apple podcast, please rate this podcast five stars because I hate asking for you guys to do that, but it really does boost the show up in people's feeds and make sure that they get the notifications and all that good shit. So if you're really listening on Apple, definitely do that. Hey, I what do you think? The, what do you think the biggest age range is that listens to us on Spotify? Oh man, I won't look, let me, uh, I would say, Assuming people put their ages incorrectly and don't say that they're 99 years old, I would say probably between 20 and 30 years old. 28 to 34 is at 40%, dude. Dude, 45 to 60 is a whopping 5%. <laughs> wow. People fucking... Those old bucks are figuring out the podcasting. Yeah. Damn. Uh, only 5% are females. That's sad. Yeah, it looks like it's even less. We got so this one I'm seeing down here says 92% male, 6% female, 3% non-specified. Do you have the 1% non-binary? No, mine shows no percent non-binary. <laughs> oh man. Fucking wild, dude. <laughs> That's crazy. This other one. So we got people on iPhones and Androids are make make up basically 80% of the listening. And then there's 21% of people listening on other, which I can't imagine what that is. Laptops, maybe computer, yeah, like maybe. A, 
I think we used to joke about that. People like opening up the computer to listen to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's weird. It looks like the plays are consistent as fuck. Oh yeah. The plays were wicked, wicked high in 2020 when we had the Aussie experience blew it out of the water with a hypnic yeah. Yep. That was like a top. I think it, I just backed out of it, but I'm pretty sure it said 5% of our listeners are from Australia. Yeah. 5% of our listeners come from Australia. 5% from Canada. 2% from the United Kingdom. 2% from Sweden. That's so wild. You know, the crazy part too is like when you, when you haven't, when you look at these kind of things, all these graphs and stuff, when you haven't dropped the ball and like missed a bunch of episodes, you really are seeing an accurate measure of like what yeah. it actually looked like. It's crazy. Like it's just like the countries too, like Afghanistan, people listen to a lot of podcasts, Hong Kong. That's actually one of my homies. One of my, uh, one of my buddies from growing up is deployed out there and oh shit. I hit him up because I was like, you know, just out of curiosity, I, I feel like uh, this can't be that popular in Afghanistan. Are you like tuning in somehow out there? And he's like, oh yeah, I listen every week. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Shout out yeah, to we got like- Dylan Brown, keeping the country safe out there. Appreciate <laughs> you, homie. We got fucking South Korea, Indonesia, Belgium, Taiwan. It's, it's fucking insane, dude. That is fucking wild, man. Israel, Iran, Morocco. So we got everybody. We had Lowbrow on in 2019. That feels like he was on. I've been saying for the longest time, like, go back a few episodes and check out Tyler's. Yeah. Like two years ago. <laughs> People are like, God, how many is a few? Damn, yeah. How many episodes? Caleb Denton came on in 2019, May of 2019, three hours. Double stack. He, oh, yeah, he came on and we talked about Wild Rabbit in the same show. Yep. Paco, we made the Paco connection in June of 2019. They've been sponsoring the show now for like two years. Yeah. God, that's crazy. Yeah, the one year, the one year episode of Low Life Chopper. Join us as we celebrate one year of the Low Life Chopper podcast and then recap our weekend at hard times and some of the memories from last year. There's the show notes on that one. So insane. Yeah. We kicked off the Low Life Garage Tour with Feeney Films. I remember that. Mike Feeney. Took a steak tips, dude. Fucking <laughs> steak tips. I was gonna get to that way. Fucking <laughs> steak tips in July of 2019. That's crazy. He he was that was one the the first episode after we celebrated our one year. That's what we when we introduced it. We were like, oh, we're gonna do this garage tour, and he was the first. Chopper Fisher, Deadbeat Customs, Badfish Customs. Fish Tank Whiskey. These are all people we did with the uh, garage tour. Yeah. Crazy, man. We had oh, Mike wow. from Voodoo Vintage on when he first bought the company. Yeah. And then yep. we had him again a year later. That's kind of cool. If you wanted to listen to those back to back. 
one year wiser was the the name of the second one in December of 2019. That's kind of cool. Fuck yeah. Enroll it in the cheap thrills recap. There's a good amount of. Oh, it's so weird that I just came across pictures when I used to like keep my hair wicked short. Dude, I feel like for the longest time you had your hair, you like refused to grow it out at all. It looks so weird, dude. I look like a different man. God. A different person. It's so weird. <laughs> what the fuck? We had a garage session show at your, I don't even remember that. The garage session show, Weldon on the Go where we went to your house to knock out checklist items on the Greasy Dozen build. Is this yeah, I remember that. That's tank? when you, you welded... Um, the tank, you, right? Uh, the brake stay? No. No, you came over and welded. That's when I pushed the shocks back. You welded the tabs back on. I thought we welded the tank uh, filler cup that same night. Um, I think we tacked it. Something. I don't remember. I don't even remember now. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think, yeah, because we cut it up and everything at your place, and we came back here to put it on the bike to make sure it was going to be straight to where the way that the tanks at. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Dude, the first we had uh, in August of 2020, or excuse me, April of 2020, is the first time the word quarantine gets mentioned. Quarantine, build updates, and prepping your pack for summer. We were fucking getting ahead of summer there in April. God. Well, usually we're fucking riding by April, so that's summertime for us. <laughs> I guess so, yeah, trying to get shit. When you're buried in snow for fucking six months and it's like 55 degrees out, you're like, finally summer. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you'll take anything you can get. Oh, we did garage tour. Remember we did garage tour over at Fosmobile's place. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was a good one. Solid Flake Ghost Wiener Paint Jobs with Fosmobile. Yeah, that was when I picked up my frame. That's right. Yeah. The Low Life Traveling Podcast. Was this when we were coming back from... Oh, dude. Low Life Traveling Traveling Podcast. June of 2020 was when we were coming back recording live from the Tacoma as we come back from rescuing my first Harley from CT. Oh shit. I forgot we did one on the fucking taco dude. We did it in the taco on the way home hauling the fucking trailer. I totally forgot about that. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Remember you were like, Oh, I'll come with you to get the bike. And then we're like, Oh, if we're going to do that, we're going to be in the car for two hours. We'll just lay it down. I think we were going to lay it down on the way there and we got lazy. Laid it down on the Probably. way. When was the first one with Chicken Rick? Let me get that. That's a good question. I just seen one from him that was Chicken Fried Chats. I don't Chicken know. Rick. I think, I think there's another one before that. Hang that on. was July yeah. of 2019. Chicken Rick and Winter Chop Block, December 13 of 2018. That's when we first met him. At the chop block, right? Yeah, that was the first time we ever met. Oh, fuck, dude. Now I remember you did it the next day. I wasn't even on that episode. But we had it. There was another one that we did with him because he was. So here was a deal. We were going to do it the next day and everybody was supposed to stay. And then literally 
only Chick and Rick stayed and everybody else, like there was a, there was a lot of people there. Every single other person was like, I'm just going to head home at the end. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) But we're doing some shit. And so we did it over coffee in the morning. And then we did another one like a month or two after that, I feel like. My goodness. Yeah, we did another one July, July 11th, 2019. I wonder, I would love to go back and listen to this one now. You can't cancel the party forever is the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What was that one about? This week, we let you lowlifes know that we're not going to sit around doing nothing all season. Deadbeat is going to be lit, but we got another party in the mix as well. And we give you some updates on the build and what's planned to take care of this weekend. Oh, was this during the quarantine? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Jesus Christ, we're fucking dying right off the rip. <laughs> you can't cancel the party forever. I don't remember putting that title in there. Fucking That's fucking funny. Slamming six beers and writing titles. <laughs> That's the way it goes. <laughs> The Low Life What Do I Pack podcast. That was a good one. Now we're getting more recent. We're into like August of 2020. And that's when we did August of 2020 is when we did the Get to Know Your Hosts episode. Dude, those are four hours. Oh, yeah. You don't remember that? <laughs> I mean, I, I, remember, remember, I remember we did yours and I was like, wow, that went so long. <laughs> that might be I think, I'm pretty sure those are the longest ones we've ever done. I was going to say, I think Dirty Builds, or not Dirty Builds, we did um, Easy Companies was was the longest for a long time. But fuck, dude, one of those is four hours. The other one's three and a half hours. Jesus. Oh, shit, I forgot about this one, too. Road Tripping with True Love Speed Shop. Yeah, they were down here or up here from, like, Iowa. Where were they from? They were basically doing the crazy. I want to say it was Iowa. It was fucking cold as shit outside. And they were rolling. They rolled up here. Gone up to Maine. They wanted to touch every state in the Northeast. And they rolled through here, laid down the episode. I remember laughing because that guy was wearing a shirt that said suffocate faster. And I was, (laughs) that's a fucking shirt, bud. I think think (laughs) he said it was a, a hardcore band, which makes a lot of sense. And that was the Young Buck episode. We kept calling each other Young Bucks. Yes. <laughs> for not hey, we got hey, to reach out to them and do a recap, see what's going on, dude. Yeah. That was such a good episode. We definitely should. Can you can you reach out to them and uh, set that up? Mm-hmm. Dude, life updates in New York hunting trip pregame. And then the following episode was live from the hunting cabin with Rob and Amy. That was and his, his dad made a guest appearance. That's right. Dude, that's the one at the end. So let me tell you guys something. When you're at hunting camp, you're not going to keep it together for that long of a time. That one, no. that one went off the rails into like pollution of the planet with the ozone layers and the, the <laughs> Hitman-Robertson Act. And then we just it got crazy. Out. It got crazy quick. <laughs> and then we punched in we punched in an ending later on that one. <laughs> yeah. It could not be sustained. Hunting cabin, there's there's no accounting for what's gonna happen at, at Deer Camp. So one of my favorite ones is long story short with the traveling Larry. Dude, that was a great one. 
That was such a good episode. Yeah, that that dude does some super cool shit. One of the most humble, like you would have no idea how much cool shit that guy does. I think this is the first one we ever did, right? The Aussie experience was the first one we ever did with Hip and Jerk. Yep, definitely was. I actually, I just talked to him, uh, not last night, the night before. Dude, That's the good thing about, about Cam being in Australia. I literally, I'm up at fucking 1.30 in the morning working on um, the sissy bar for the motorcycle art extravaganza A12's doing. Yep. And I'm like, huh, I need some fucking, uh, some help with this. I need to pick someone's brain. Boom, call Cam. It's three o'clock in the afternoon in Australia. We're just shooting the shit. <laughs> dude, that's the best, right? We got, oh, dude, I made my debut into the world of pinstriping in February of this past year. Paint, Facebook, and alcohol with Rick Pierce of Stitches Garage. <laughs> I love that was a good the titles, dude. Going back and reading the titles is like one of my favorite parts. I haven't scrolled through this this list in two years easily. Oh yeah, I don't know if I've ever scrolled through this list honestly. We we met Connor from Wigwam Motors. That was a long episode, three and a half hours. World's fastest Indian with Wigwam Motors, and we did our first fully live show. Here's one thing that as we got into year three, our first fully live Instagram live show was in January oh, this year. That's when you came. Yeah, uh, this know. one's a bitch and stitching with RBC leather design. <laughs> yes. The rhino dick for the top tier turbidity. One of the, one yes. of the greatest terms in all of. It still randomly gets thrown in. <laughs> yeah. Do people still at any gathering will just mention turbidity? Go, go and listen to that one that if you haven't yet. Whoever's listening to this, Top Tier Turbidity, April 1st of – oh, it's fucking April Fool's Day of this year. That was a great one. We revisited Chopper Camping Gear in April of this year and the Tool Rolls in May. So we gave that two years. It was 2018, and then we, re, we hit both of them again back-to-back in 2020. Chicken Rick's Excellent Adventure. That was the EDR recap. That was fucking nuts. I even had my neighbor across the street mention that, like, that how wild that fucking episode and that story was. Evo's this one for Whiskey Eye, Broken Bones and Open Roads with Whiskey Eye. Yes, dude. Yeah, she had just <laughs> broken her uh, collarbone. Yeah. And now she just broke her, like, foot again. Yeah, she's out of control. <laughs> Too much shit going on. The garage tour this came is a cool. This is a cool one I think we should revisit at some point. It was called Chasing Dreams on March 25th. And uh, the show now is this week we get into how we've worked to narrow down our side hustles um the type of work that we each enjoy the most recap some of the most all-american tools you might consider springing for who writes those show notes my gosh aren't those great crushing it dude listen i've (laughs) never that 
listen, I'm ashamed to say this. That's the first time I've ever read a show note right there live on air. <laughs> nah, zero appreciation for the for this side of the business. <laughs> when you were like the first time when you were like, guys, look at the show notes. I was like, in my head, I'm like, what the fuck is a show note? <laughs> and, and so yeah i should i'll go probably after going back through this i'll be more inclined now to write even more thorough ones like we did in the beginning but even what we have now i love that i can click on that and just like get a quick reminder of what that yeah. is about because you would never remember these things that's one of my biggest gripes with like uh i love joe rogan's podcast but it's just the person's name and i'm like yeah but did you talk about cool shit or dumb shit yeah it matters a lot whether i'm gonna especially if i don't know that guy's name fucking how do i know if that's a cool episode or not so right you got to do the show notes i don't know write in people let us know do you read the show notes do you ever check it out if if somebody's listening every friday they probably don't even bother because they're just going to listen anyway pretty much damn so ungrateful cunts seriously get your shit <laughs> guys oh fuck but damn so that's three years looking back and i am stoked to put year number four in you know what i gotta ask fox asked me this the other day and i didn't have an answer because i had never thought about it how long do you think we'll do the show for? I don't know, man. So I've all I've thought about this. And I'm so curious to know because I had to like I had to sit down after she asked me. I'm like, gee, I, I don't know. <laughs> so here's the thing is like it's like it's hard to ever picture not doing the show. Cause like now it's just like Especially now, it's been three years. Every single week, we get together and we do a show. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's like, it's hard to ever imagine not doing it. But like at the same time, being rational, at some point, there won't be a low life child of a podcast. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's only no two ways about it. Like we mentioned before, we're two regular guys. It's not like we're like international superstars here and, and so many exciting things are happening in our lives that you could make a whole reality TV show out of it. It's like, we, we manage to do it every week, but there are definitely those weeks where you're like, what would people be interested in hearing about this week? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I didn't tough. have a, I didn't have a good answer for like, I never went into it or well, I went into it with no idea, but I guess each year, is, is like a good time to reflect on stuff like that. And after three years, I can't say that I have like a year in mind. I always kind of felt like we would feel it when it was time. Like right. a going to the podcast graveyard and just laying yeah. down and just saying, that's it for me, bud. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's really hard to even... Just, it's just become like such a part of our fucking life. And it's like, I don't know. It'd be like, so when, uh, when are you going to take your last shower? I don't fucking know. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's just like a part of my life. Like it's like, it's literally a part of my everyday life. 
because like even when we're not recording, I'm like, hmm, who can we talk to this week? Or like, you know what I mean? Like jotting notes down about shit that I want to talk about, or like just like chatting to people about the show. So it's like it's literally part of my everyday life. So like to not to even think about not doing it at this point is like it doesn't even make sense for me to even like entertain it because like I don't know. I think like what like what you said, like when it comes to that time, we'll just know. Like you know when you know. Yeah. And it, it's weird because Riders on the Norm is a great parallel example of like a similar podcast, but they had like a moment. It wasn't the elephant graveyard example. It was like, Hey, we're moving apart. And then things kind of fizzled from there. Assuming- well, I, I also think that like, and like Wes kind of said this before or Scott's, I don't remember who it was, but like when they started, they had, a lot of shit going on in their life. Like they were building their bikes. They were building the fucking 69 bag. They were getting the war run off the ground. And it's like, I guess at some point it becomes more of like a job than it does to actually like make sense. You know what I mean? Yep. So I guess that would probably be the fucking time. It's like when we start struggling to figure out, what the fuck we're going to talk about or struggling to like make it happen every week. It's such a weird thing to think that like there's there, you only realize it in retrospect that there were times in your life that were particularly more exciting than other times. Like just hearing that out loud, it's like, well, there was so much going on back then. And it's like, well, what's going on now? Is there, and there's just like, when you look back at the book of your life, there's going to be like more interesting chapters and then less interesting chapters. So I'll, I'll ask you this. This is another like question. Um, so I've actually like thought about this and say if I came to you one day and was like, I just can't make it happen anymore. Would you go on and try to keep the show alive? Or would you be like, fuck it, it's done. I think that in the interest of keeping the show what the show always has been, I would probably say if we're not doing the show as a, as a pair, that we should shut the show down. Because I don't think it would... I know it could be done with one person, but that, but the show is both of us. It's not right. like assume that all like the technical stuff of the show, I just like, I gave you the laptop and we went over all the things of the, the mixing and all that. And I, and, it, and the same happened in reverse. Would you want to try to make a go of it solo? So I've actually thought about this and I told myself that if for some reason something happened and you were like, I just can't do it anymore, that I would try to give it an honest go. But if for like the slightest second, I thought that it dropped dramatically in content wise or production wise that I would shut it down. Yeah. 
Because like I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to continue to do it, but have it be a subpar show. So like I would, I would honestly give it like a try, like a a really like solid try. And if I felt like the show was suffering at all, I would rather stop it than like fuck up what we built. You know what I mean? I'd yeah, rather go yeah. out strong than like try to make it survive by myself and like fuck it all up. Yeah, that's kind of why I feel the way I feel about it. Because we've done episodes where one of us can't make it and we had to run solo on a show. And it's not like we can't do a solo show. Yeah. Like, it would just be so different. It would be very different. I would definitely try just like, and not even so much for the show, but just for like the people, you know what I mean? And like not saying people can't live without us because 100% they can. We're just a fucking podcast. But like, I would I would really give it like an honest try just to keep what we've built alive. But like I said, if it if at any point that I felt like the quality of the show as a whole was going down, I would immediately shut down. Yeah. It's such a weird thing, man. It's I'm weird just, to think about that shit. <laughs> it is. We've never talked about it on the air before. I don't think we've ever talked about it, period. <laughs> no. Yeah, Fox asking me that was the first time I ever thought about it. That I ever gave any thought to the fact that, like, I wouldn't just be doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You do it every week, and you're, you don't even – you think nothing of it. Like, that's just, like, one day is a podcast day, and I have the rest of my week to do other stuff. And then that was the first time. And then it's I'm like, huh, I guess we will see. But in the meantime, I'm looking forward to year four. I think it's going to be the best year yet. The connections only get stronger with everybody that we're meeting with. The circle gets bigger. And I feel like there's strangely more to talk about, even though we've yeah. the, the thing that The thing that I like about, um, I guess it would be kind of like year three and four, is that we switched it up this year. And like in the way of when we asked everybody, like, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to keep? Cause like, so like we said, when we started the sponsorship thing, um, again, this podcast has never been about money for me and Greece. Never like ever, ever, ever been about money. Um, and the whole sponsor thing started to like help the show to get like all the equipment that we have now and make it. So no matter what we can do an episode, like it bought, the MacBook to do all the editing on it bought the computer that I have that way. If something happened, this, this all came from when we had the lockdowns, but we bought a second computer that way we could do um, the zoom call. So we could still, no matter what, even with the government shut down, we could still be making episodes It went to new microphones and interfaces. So once all of that stuff was bought and we felt like we're in a good spot, we're like, okay, let's start doing fucking rad shit, which is how, the whole flying people in the deadbeat happened. And then we brought it to everybody. It was like, Hey, do you want us to keep doing these big ass giveaways? Would you want us to travel to your shows? And everybody was like, no, 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 come to shows. So I really like this year because we've been traveling and going to all these other places. And somehow we're still giving away two free trips. I don't even know how the fuck we fucking pull that off. But, um, this has probably been one of my favorite years because I feel like, I mean, obviously it's the, it's the 
present fucking day. So I feel like we have the most growth that we've ever had, which is dope. We're able to help the most people we've ever been able to help, which is fucking dope. Um, we've traveled the most we've ever traveled since the podcast, which is fucking dope. Um, it's just been rad as fuck. Like going to South Carolina for fucking the back road barbecue run. Absolutely fucking sick. I just went up to Whiskey Ice Place up in New York, which isn't like super far, but it's still six hours from me and got to meet. I even met people there listening to podcasts that I've never met before. Um, then we're going to Cheap Thrills, which fucking tons of people we've never met before are going to be there that have already reached out that want to meet us. Um, we're flying people into Deadbeat again. We're giving people a free weekend at Cheap Thrills. I mean, yeah, Cheap Thrills. So I would, I would have to say, hands down, this is my favorite year so far. Oh, yeah. I feel, and I feel like it's going to keep being, that's really the stick that we're going to measure everything by, is up until now, and still, I shouldn't say up until now, I should say including now, every year has been my favorite year of the show. Yeah. And, and I think I, that's, that's you know. That's one of the coolest things, and like I feel like why we've never thought about what happens when it's time to shut down, is because every year we've been better. You know what I mean? It's not like we haven't just been like gliding through the podcast world. It's like every year we step it up. Every year we're in more countries. We have more listeners. We have more sponsors. Like I'm throwing a fucking chopper show this year. You know what I mean? And like we're traveling to all these shows. So it's like every single year we've stepped up and made the show better. And I feel like that's why we've never had these fucking thoughts. Yeah. No, I think you're right. All right, now, before we get too much further along into this, let's just take a quick second here to thank some of the people that for the past several years have been supporting what we do and have been a big part of why we're able to do all this fun shit we've been talking about because it definitely takes time and dedication from us, but the fact that people want to lend their support to the show frees us up to be able to do cooler shit than we did when we were posting pictures on Instagram that got 10 likes and no comments. So <laughs> thank you to Hypnic Jerk Customs out of Sydney, Australia, making some of the most fantastic stainless steel accessories. He's got headlights, taillights, indicator lights, points, covers, jockey shifters, and he does custom orders. So if there's something that you need that you can dream up, he can make it for you. Find him at Hypnic Jerk Customs on Instagram and hypnicjerkcustoms.com. Next up, we got Steel City Blacksmithing, doing some of the dopest smithing work, making the, I always want to say cop stopper. The fuck is it? The traffic cop hammers, <laughs> as well as a bunch of other cool shit. Twisted front ends, keychains bottle openers, all the, all the fun shit, and also takes many a custom order. So if you got something that you want, blacksmithed, you say it in that way? Is that the verb? Smithed? Blacksmithed? I'll have to get a new app know. here. If you want something smithed, hit him up. It's Steel City Blacksmithing on Instagram. Next up, we got Stay Strong Co., the homie John has been a supporter of the show for the longest time and the maker of the only hot sauce enjoyed by both members of the Low Life Chopper podcast, which I'm running low on, by the way. I'm going to have to order more of that shit, but he's a good dude, bike builder, all around businessman and entrepreneur. Go back and check out his episode if you haven't. 
and follow Stay Strong Co. LLC on Instagram. We also have a new addition to our outro sponsors here, which is No Luck Paintworks out of Manchester, New Hampshire, doing some absolutely incredible paintwork. If you're not following No Luck Paintworks, the homie Dan Bliss is crushing it over there. Got the whole paint booth set up. We did a low life garage tour episode with him as well. So if you haven't checked that out, go back and listen to it. He goes through the whole process and what the learning process was like. There's a lot of good information to be pulled out. So give the man a follow. You want to get this next one locked tight? Uh, we got Steve at Deadbeat Customs, the creator of the Deadbeat Retreat. Um, make sure you get over to deadbeatcustoms.com. Check out all the shit they got. They got shit for Chopper Dudes, Donna Guys, the traveling guy. He's got a little bit of fucking everything. Um, and if you haven't yet, get over and get your Deadbeat Retreat ticket and use Low Life at checkout to save some motherfucking money. Love it. Oh, it's Dude, this was wild, looking back. Yeah, for sure. But I like this. We should do more of this. I feel like, think just looking at all this stuff is, it's crazy to, I think to myself sometimes, how long will this all exist here? Like, yeah. will my kids be able to find this on the internet somewhere when they're my age? And be like, I have so much content that I could listen to to get yeah. to know like who my dad was. Right. That might be a bad thing, but Yeah, that's true. At least for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think for both of us. There's definitely a lot of stuff where I'm like, mm, I wouldn't probably wouldn't show him this episode. Yeah. But I'm I'm looking forward to another year, man. Year four is gonna be great. So I will say this, the podcast keeps growing and we're just hitting our peak. So grab yourself a cold one and toast to next week. Dude, that was fucking ridiculous. God. We got to get a shirt. I feel like (laughs) it's shirt dirty. It's going to be, you know what I mean? Because it's like, that's what it's fucking all about is people listening to this knowing next week we'll be back. Yeah. Fucking love it. All right, man. Uh, In the meantime, though, let's close this one out. What do you got for these people? Take them into their motherfucking Fridays. It's Friday, motherfuckers. Three years has come and gone, and we're still here running. If I should die before I return on this bike I pray the Lord and my family would know that I love my life I pray that none of y'all weep I lived how I felt was right I took risks and knew all along it all could end in the night on that interstate Cruising with my squad behind me in Nirvana Feeling like Muhammad Ghani Let that engine thump, thump, Let that engine Stay cruising with my squad behind me in Nirvana Feeling like Muhammad Ghani Let that engine thump, thump, thump Let that engine thump, thump, thump Uh-huh, uh-huh, what I'm giving a fuck 
for. Got a little bit of drink in a cup more, and that's what those old psychos that love my flow and get hype for. Yeah, they I know. I'm local, bro. Don't hit me with the I might go. Either y'all there in that front row, but don't bother coming at all. Oh, I'm crazy, but they like that. Dirty rack on that bike pack. I supply the party, I bring the bar, no debit cards except that. Cash only, cash only. Wordplay for that cash on me, but if your girl got an ass on it and a lack of cash, we can talk over. I know that might sound crazy, call me maybe if y'all buy it though. Didn't I be opening them bottles in the throttle? So if y'all with it, let's get it. I can't stop, it's infectious. And this here, what I'm made for, so let's turn up and then dead it, hit that. Hit stay cruising with my squad behind me in Nirvana, feeling like Muhammad Gandhi. Turn up freeways, all black leather like gothic kids. Hysteria, all you hear through them airwaves when they rock my shit. I'm barely saying here, cause them bad bitches, they dropping it and they popping it and they trying to get with that bond down. So obvious. Don't come around me unless you a rider. I don't see either. I went on nine to five. No cubicle life appeals and honest. I be the oddest. Fella, you're mad at a minute and problem is. I'm in a hundred percent. I don't got time for no halfway homies acting. Oh, that's crazy, baby. Don't forget that boy told you get that chip off your shoulder. I gotta get these ties are rolling. Either y'all get in on the back or get in. Run the fuck over. I hit that in state. Cruising with my squad behind me in Nirvana. Feeling like Muhammad. Gandhi, let that engine thump, thump, thump. Let that engine thump, thump, thump. Yeah, I hit that hit the cruising with my squad behind me in Nirvana, feeling like Muhammad Gandhi. Let that engine thump, thump, thump. Let that engine thump, thump.